Welcome to FFC Top 3, a show where we, your FFC host, count things down from 3 to number 1. Thank you for joining us this week. As always, if you have a suggestion for a topic on Top 3, be sure to drop us a note in the normal places on Twitter, at Focus Fire Chat, in our Discord, or email us at FocusFireChat at gmail.com, or if you just want to bypass them all and you just want to send them to me, because in reality, that's where they're going to end up anyway... You can just send them to my Twitter account or Discord or whatever. Even if you want a snail mail, well, I'm not going to give my address over the internet. That's not a good idea. Anyway, this week's top three, we have Worthy D with us, and we're going to discuss our top three extinct cultures. And can anyone guess who picked the topic for this week? No, that's a really great question. Who picked the topic for this week? I think you picked the topic for this week. I think I picked the topic. You gave me the ob- you gave me access to the schedule, so I was like, oh, I, did. I could fill I did. in all the things. <laughs> this was an interesting one. I had to go digging through the interwebs a little bit. It's like, okay, Success! what are considered extinct cultures? Oh gosh, yeah. Actually, I had to I had to check with a couple of them because like one of my what my one of my first ones was like I was like oh but it's not really extinct is it considered e-? like I right. I kind of got in a rabbit hole of what's considered an extinct culture how dead yeah. do everybody have to be to <laughs> yeah one of mine is like that but we have worthy blue and I and I'm gonna make blue go first since he is so gung ho about this topic then worthy can go and then I will take up the rear as always sounds good cool so okay my number three actually I. Uh, I originally picked it, and then I found out a little bit more like about the structure of their cities. And actually, I think you'll get a kick out of this one, Green. Uh, it's called the Nabataeans. Uh, it is located... Uh, mm. oh, seriously? Right yeah. off the back? Right off the back? Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, all right. There you mm-hmm. go. So the capital city uh, mm-hmm. is Petra. I thought I saw them and I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. But it's also because the Nabataeans are, they're located out in where Syria and Jordan are in modern day. And they're actually known for, even though they are extinct and they're like a very ancient thing, but they were known for being uh, really big on gender equality. Um, And the, uh, the city was actually pretty populated up until like I think it was the year three three hundred three hundred sixty three hundred sixty three when they had mm. a giant earthquake that kind of ripped everything apart. It was one of the major trades trade stops for a lot of different directions in the in the spice uh, spice routes between like China and India and going through to Europe and everything like that. They, a lot of people stopped there for that. The city itself is half built and half carved out of a mountain. Yes. Yeah. So, so a little bit of context we were talking about before. As Green's like, I probably have a few on here that are the same years. So I was like, I don't know. Mine are kind of weird. So, I'm, hey, you know what? Great minds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you picked it because of the... Um, I picked it because of the city and the city name, mostly. Oh, really? But, I thought mm-hmm. I just thought it was really cool because, like, if you read, uh, you know, what little we do know about about it... Um, it was really big on like not just gender equality, but like complete like it was it was really it was very communal. Community was very equal. Like it was very everybody right. could have everyone had access to a to a reasonable degree to just about everything. And it was just in, has- in that period was that's that was unheard. I mean, you know, today that's really rare, but back then it was even more unheard of. 
Right. And the fact that the culture basically morphed into um, the kind of an Arabian type culture mm-hmm. later is interesting. And that's, I mean, that's what you meant with it. Is it really a dead culture or not? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it was yeah. one of those, like, I was looking at it. I'm like, okay, so like the city got basically destroyed and they kind of just dispersed. And it's, you know, mm-hmm. it's one of those things where it's like technically the culture technically the culture is extinct but the genealogy of the people is arguably not i think is the best way to say that i think that's a good way to say it all right worthy what's your number three so i went with the the mayans um nice just because uh, i've always been fascinated with how much they've known about um astronomy and um their architecture and everything julie that was actually on julie's list Mm-hmm. She wants to go and visit, uh, is it Chichen Itza? I can never say it. Chichen Itza? I think that's some... I, Just don't go to the one, the one major... that's in the movies that you fall through and you get hunted down. And... Yeah, I mean, there. I'm trying to remember if it's the Mayans or the Aztecs or the Inca, but one of them created that handball game where there's hoops oh, yeah. in the sidewalls. I think yeah. that's Aztecs. Those, that one is going to be my number three since Blue technically took my number three. Because <laughs> Nebataeans was my number three as well. But um, the Aztecs was, and it definitely comes up on my on my list of also rands just because of that the the game and sport that they came up with of course there were other things within that culture that are a little less um tasteful yeah <laughs> but what? uh they were very tasty i, I mean <laughs> it. I, I mean we can continue the vampire talk from last week if you'd like <laughs> oh, oh yeah they're more windigos than vampires <laughs> Yeah, they are, but it's still it's still a really interesting culture that it, yeah. I As wish that that entire like trifecta of Aztec, mm-hmm. Incan, and Mayan mm-hmm. is a fascinating, fascinating chapter in human history. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, Blue, start our number twos off. Uh, my number two is Anasazi. Uh, so the Anasazi is out in. Uh, Mesa Verde National Park, which is actually out in your neck of the woods, Green. Yes. Um, they are the ones that just straight up vanished. Yeah. Like, no so... one knows anything. <laughs> and, it, and they have, like, the coolest thing, because they were the ones that lived inside the cliff. Like, inside yeah. the cliffs. They had, uh, they, like, there was nothing. They didn't build anything. They basically carved out all the... Gosh, dang it, you're... Three for three. Three for three. How did you do that? I That is I, so, amazing, Green. <laughs> that is hilarious. She, so, Green just, just sent me her list. <laughs> wow. So um the the other reason the reason I put Anasazi on my list is because there is um in Manitou Springs there is a cliff dwelling museum that is not original like it's not meant to be in manitou springs colorado or colorado springs it was originally in that four corners area in the mesa verde location and they brought it up here which it was basically a tourist attraction and it still is a tourist attraction but julie and i got to go there during our honeymoon 
and learn about them kind of firsthand from that museum. So the Anasazi also made my number two <laughs> list. And we'll find out so what my blues and eyes number go. one. <laughs> I, oh, the number one is, uh, they are amazing. Like, mm-hmm. hands down, one of my favorite cultures. But the so the Anasazi, I actually got to go to Manitou, or not Manitou, uh, Mesa Verde when I was mm-hmm. younger and I got to, we got to go out there and see like all that, all the cliffs and stuff. And it was like, yeah, it's so, it's just, it's, it's one of those places where if you haven't been and you have a chance to, I really recommend at least looking it up. And you know, if you have a chance to go out there, cause it's just really cool. Um, from an architecture standpoint, yeah, they like how they did a, it. only one door. There's only yeah. one entrance into any of the dwellings for the entire like apartment complex, essentially. And inside of there, and it's complexes. These, like, oh it's, yeah, there's, I mean, it's it's there's like, multiple really. rooms and levels, and it's it's very interesting. And then it, generally in the base, they create these well like circle um, depths that are part of their uh, religious rituals mm-hmm. and they create multiples every few years. And I can't remember the names of them. Do you remember, remember them? I don't, I, I do remember. Uh, I, I want to say, yes, yes. Um, uh, what was it? Um, uh, princess of Mars series mm-hmm. was actually a, a little bit of a nod to the, I don't know if it was deliberate or if it just was a coincidence, but it was a bit of a nod ultimately to the culture of the Anasazi. Um, because in the book from Burroughs, the, like when he's, when he, John Carter is on earth, he actually encounters a native American tribe that is living in structures similar to the Anasazi. So it was really, it was another, just kind of those literature connections. Nice. Besides the architectural aspects of the Anasazi, the other thing that they're most well known for is their agricultural prowess because they lived in very arid areas. So they started um, developing techniques to grow large amounts of crops, very similarly to how we have maize and corn now, just back in and they're actually one of the newest extinct cultures like they were around an 80 i think a thousand AD was the last time that anyone had well, any inkling of where they were at yeah because the mayans was 1200 years ago that they vanished or they mm-hmm. ended so i mean they were but yeah i think the but anasazi it, were pretty quote pretty recent like as far as yeah. though it was there's there is one on my list that actually the the last member died like 60 years ago oh really i didn't know that yeah okay. it's it's an interesting culture but it was on my also ran cool all right <laughs> worthy please diversify our list a little <laughs> no <bit>. pressure <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's all good I, I i went pretty basic i went with, with ancient rome um mm. I, I've just always kind of been fascinated with, um, again, with architecture. I like to build stuff, and so I, like, I always like dissecting um, buildings and stuff like that to see how they were constructed with s- such primitive tools compared to what we have now. So Nice. Yeah, primitive I'm tools so. that are borderline more advanced in some ways. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Especially when it comes to Rome. Rome has... S- simplistic yet effective. Mm-hmm. Well, and that ties into Green and I's number one, actually. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> because some of Rome's 
Yeah, I'll, I'll explain reason, that segue. Yeah, yeah I'll say explain let that me, segue when I get there. Yeah, so let me do one of my other also rands so we have some more <laughs> diversification on this list because I, I wrote this list two hours ago. <laughs> And blue and I have identical lists, and the order is identical too, yeah, yeah, which is that's also actually weird. the more impressive thing. <laughs> um, one of my also rands is Vikings. Not, mm. I mean, obviously there's the pillaging aspect of what the Vikings the did, people. but I'm, yeah, it's more of their um, their ability to navigate by the stars. Like they were really pretty good navigators, and they. I mean, besides their conquering thing and everything like that. Besides they're, in, they're introducing history. the Dark Ages. They're they're an interesting they're an interesting culture and culture of war. It's fine. Yeah, well, but, it wasn't it wasn't pure uh, war either because like no, the sea no, people, no. it was you know kind of tying back into Rome and the Middle Ages. Uh, the Mediterranean Sea people, which were like part partially Vikings. I mean, they were very advanced. They knew what they were doing, and oh, yeah. it, it caused very large consternation for the developed country or developed nations to the point that the Dark Ages happened. Yeah. All right. So, Blue, do you want to tell them what our number one is? <laughs> so, on number one, number one is the Etruscans, and so that actually connects very strongly to uh, ancient Rome because the Etruscans actually were the original settlers of the hills upon which Rome was later built. Um, they so, basically, built the foundation. They, of they Rome. built no, they built everything, and the Romans just took it because the Romans are a yeah. holes. And I remember researching the Etruscans and being like, wait. Wait, wait, wait. All of the nonsense that the Romans get so much credit for, naval superiority, architecture, uh, cultural uh, design of their their structure for politics and stuff like that, all of that predominantly came from the Etruscans. Um, Even the... um the irrigation system was all Etruscan built. Uh, The only thing that Rome did was they figured out... Well, Rome took it and figured out how to do it more efficiently. Probably because yes. they didn't have to take, they didn't have to invent it. They just had to perfect it, which is, I mean, which is fine. Rome was really good at doing exactly that, incorporating existing cultures into their art, into their own culture. Um, but I do find it like it was always a source of annoyance to me because everyone's like, "Rome is Rome's architecture is amazing." They were so smart. I'm like, "Yeah, they stole it. They didn't. Well, they didn't have to come up with it. They didn't just steal the technology <laughs> and the architecture and stuff. Crayons? They also." <laughs> They they also stole. That's funny. They also stole the uh, the deities. Yes, yes. The Etruscan deities, um, Which, Jupiter, that, yeah. Minerva. Yeah, yeah. Well, that those also are came all from Etruscan Greeks deities. Too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, so the Etruscans actually had. Uh, so one of the big things for you know, kind of talking about the ancient Rome architecture, one of their big things was cement. They they had a concrete that we still today do not know how they created it. Um, yeah. So the Parthenon, or not the Parthenon, the Pantheon. I always flip this one. Pantheon. Pantheon is Pantheon in Rome and Parthenon in Greece. Is that the I right way? Remember. I always flip I them. I, I always flip them. Anyways, the big dome that's in Rome that mm-hmm. has like which was the giant temple that was built using this ancient uh, concrete, and that was how they managed to. Uh, construct that dome so that it was actually curved, which was one of the huge things back then because, you know, ancient tools, you couldn't really do arcs like that. That wasn't really something that was really easy to do. 
But because they had this concrete, this substance that actually held up stuff, they were able to do stuff like that. And, you know, it was just, it's really fascinating because we actually got to go there and we actually got to walk through and all that. And it was just like, and like the tour guides are like, yeah, we still have no idea what, what they did. Like, we still have no idea how they made this stuff or where they got it from. And it's just like being, being able to walk through Rome was really um, just freaking amazing. Uh, I remember. Inspiring. Oh yeah. I remember like one of my favorite stories from our time there was we were at a bus stop and we were sitting on a rock and we looked down and there's a plate on the rock that basically is like it's it used to be part of the aqueducts and they'd fallen over and they just didn't care <laughs> which they were just like it's a rock just leave it we don't need it anymore and we were looking we were using a rock that had been built like in this aqueduct that was twice as old as america as a bench and it was just like i'm like what like it's just like art it's oh my gosh it was just it's just so humbling like to see that city and be like and then we had to go under for like the Scavi tour and stuff like that. And there's even more stuff underneath Rome. And know um, how old it all oh is. Oh my gosh! It's just like and, and how how, it, well how it's yeah, and how well kept it is. And and like so the Etruscans had built and so Rome is built on on a set of hills, which was kind of one of the things for the uh, the uh, Roman where the uh, Colosseum is. It was kind of the collection point between the hills, and that was an issue because there was always flooding. And the Etruscans had built stuff on one hill, and the Romans had built stuff on another hill. And then, when that whole when the whole thing went down, and the Etruscans were taken out by the Romans or absorbed into the Romans, they actually took over basically all the hills. And one of the first things they had to figure out was, oh, all the water likes collecting in the middle of all this stuff, and so that's why the city literally is sinking. It's not as bad as like Mexico or Venice, but. Um, it is actually that's why they actually have a city on top of a city like there's actually catacombs on a lake though like mexico right right, right. that's what i mean mexico mexico is actually sinking like it's but that's what happens when you build it in the middle of a lake (laughs) when you build stuff on a floating platform and the water runs out and guess what it goes down that's like venice venice they're like oh well we're gonna have to build another step in saint mark's I mean, don't they build pylons under... Like, there are pylons under Venice, though. Yes. Yeah, but it's still sinking. That's actually the problem earlier this year is that was the reason that Venice got flooded so badly uh, was the sea level is rising uh, because of uh, climate changing. And then there was a... It was something... something um, one of the levees, I think, had an issue... And they actually, uh, St. Mark's was actually damaged because they had a 15-foot increase in the water. Good lord. And it was like, they, oh yeah, it's, Venice was in a really bad spot. I think everybody who had first floor shops lost basically everything. Uh, that happened I think in that, Seattle, believe it or not, that kind of thing. Seattle's yeah, actually built on a second level. Like, everything that really? you see is street level. Yeah, that's actually the second level of most of those buildings. The hmm. initial level was built at sea level, so whenever the, the tide came in, it actually caused issues. <laughs> and so they literally started building streets at level two of all the buildings. Huh. Hmm. Yeah, so, yeah, but Venice, Venice, and, Venice and Mexico are the ones that come to I know there's a couple other ones that have, but yeah... Mexico, Mexico was the one that they're like, we're going to build a city here. And it's like, let's put, because that was uh, one of the main cathedrals. They literally, I think it's every 10 or 15 years, they have to add a step 
into to get into the cathedral because it keeps Aww. sinking, and it's like wow. they keep it keeps like going down, so they keep having to build a new step into it. It is just my goodness. All right, so worthy. <laughs> what is your number one? So, um, I guess it could be somewhat debatable if if whether it's dis- extinct or not. But I went with uh, the samurai. Um, mm. Just, just because of the the childhood nostalgia of always um, enjoying them in video games and reading about them and everything. So, is it? Uh, I'm trying to think. My most pop culture reference with samurai is the rabbit samurai Yojimbo. Oh yeah, I think is the name of it. Yeah, actually, a really good comic. Really, really good comic. Anyway, yeah. Okay, so my also rand number three, which is my number one substitute list, is the Celts, because who doesn't want to face a bunch of people yelling at you as they're running at you, and it's... The picks? And, yeah. <laughs> that was blue. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they, were, yeah. they are the sole reason for Hadrian's Wall. Mm-hmm. Adrian was the emperor of Rome, and he was like, "I don't know what to do. Build a wall. Keep them up there. <laughs> they're they're Keep insane. Them out. <laughs> yeah, Pla- paint themselves blue and run at them. They weren't naked, but no, they, they might were. As well yeah, have been. they were. They the the uh, the uh, uh, shock. The front line was completely naked. That was the problem. They were like, "We're freezing to death, and you're running at us with literally paint on." That's it. Yep. Why not? Why not? Oh, Pizza Train has it. Yosaki Yojimbo. Thank okay. you. That's the name of the comic. Uh, to clarify, the Venice 2020 flooding was six feet above sea level, which was still unprecedented. It's been like the worst flood since 1966. The problem was that the winds hit more than 75 miles per hour from two different directions, which caused the way, which caused a higher wave to sl- uh, to strike. And the problem now is that it's almost a desert because the the uh, uh, the rivers are nearly dry. So it's gone from like too much water two months ago to no water. <laughs> it's it's like uh, well in Venice in Venice like it it annually will have um, flooding like that's just one of the things that it's built right on the the way the the bay that they're built on Mm -hmm. it's just something that they always have flooding um it's also really disturbing if you ever see pictures of venice when it's not tourist season (laughs) it's really it's really it's it's really disgusting it's it's like the whole um why people live in florida thing why why do you live in florida or in like the the coastal region because of the hurricanes taking out everything every few years and like it seems insane that you live there, but Venice is exactly the same thing. It's mm-hmm. just with annual floods. Yeah, and Venice. I mean, not to not to completely bash on Venice. Venice has some really cool historical places, and I mean, it, it's it's really cool to like. I we got to visit there for I think it was a couple of days. We got to go to St. Mark's and stuff, and there's some like historical uh, monuments and stuff like that. Venice has some fascinating history. Um, nice, but yeah. It was, I was, I remember them talking about it a couple weeks ago and I was like, wait, what? Like just, they're like, yeah, Venice is in trouble right now because they're having to repair things that 
don't really like they're not repairable like saint mark's is in a lot of damage uh with the murals and stuff like that because the water just they just kept coming they just kept coming up there do you guys have any also also rands on your list? I had yes. the Celts on mine. I used I used nice. all mine up, so I'm good. All right, so the one that I was mentioning, uh, <clears throat> the last member died in 1971, so not not so as recent as I was thinking, but it was the uh, Mandans, and I think they were up in the Dakotas, if I remember right. Uh, but the last member of that tribe died in 1971, so it's uh, very recently quote extinct culture um i also had the celts um there were the hamakas uh from the easter islands which was they're they're pretty interesting because they have the giant heads yeah uh the easter island heads uh then there was the uh what is it the neanderthals obviously from like way back in europe um olmec was Mexico and Costa Rica. The Assyrians was... Which an- no one knew about the Olmecs until they found the, the head statue. Like, they have a different <laughs> no kind of head statue in Easter Island. No one knew about the Olmecs until the Olmecs were already gone. Like, yeah, because Easter Island, you have, like, the kind of tall-looking head. Mm-hmm. Olmec statue... The Olmec head is very round. It's yeah, like and I think... Wasn't, wasn't the Olmecs... Into. Weren't the Olmecs the one that... Was it the Aztecs wiped out? Like... It's one of them. Because that Aztecs, was that was one that Aztecs like, were like North American, South American Romans. Mm-hmm. Like oh they, yeah, yeah. They they took out so many different cultures. Yeah. Um, the Assyrians was another one that I had on there. Uh, Sumerians, uh, the Achaemenid Empire, which is in the north of, North Iran, uh, was just because again that was a major like trade location. Uh, so there was a lot of stuff that went through there. Uh, same with the Aksum Kingdom in Ethiopia, uh, and then the Bow Tribe, which is the Andaman Islands. Oh, Bow Tribe! That's the one I was thinking of. The last member of the Bow Tribe died in 2010. Uh, oh, they, wow. Yeah, and the the big thing about that was the they had lived on the Andaman Islands for 65,000 years. So it was it was a big deal when the last member of the tribe died. Uh, he was that was the one that I was thinking of. You know, one of the sadder parts of that, I mean, you you hear about that, but you have tribes that are continuing to die out. Hawaii mm-hmm. is in a major, major, major stress issue yeah. right now. Of there, and we talked about this a bit on the show a couple weeks ago with how with the, the uh, was it the observatory? Yeah. yeah, that coming in there, and then their language, their language is not being carried on very well. I think in some respects Moana actually helped them quite a bit as far as like renewed interest in the culture it's just their own their own youths are not as interested in learning it and continuing it so the tradition is slowly dying yeah and it's it's sad to see a culture die in your lifetime but that's kind of what we're seeing with it yeah but. and it's 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 not just even like cuz there's there's also like um was oh, there was another there's another culture that's basically doing the same i mean there's there's several but it's uh it's it's interesting to see the various interesting in like an academic sense not a uh 
personal like personally it's very sad but it like from an academic standpoint the the progression and the evolution of different cultures into other cultures that's why it's hard for me to be like oh this isn't a quote-unquote extinct culture um because from from a certain sense cultures are are for the most part absorbed into you know whatever culture uh they're assimilated yeah they're they're usually it's not always a gentle process and it's not always a um a process that the assimilation actually shows but there's always a flavor of that culture that gets assimilated into this cult the culture that survives it um and and Rome, you know, Roman culture was actually a really good example of one of the pinnacles of assimilation uh, because Rome basically had the approach of like, hey, look, you got to you got to pray to our gods. You have to you have to follow our laws, but you're a satellite. And so you can do your own thing and we're completely fine with you doing your own thing as long as you also do our thing. Like, as long as you don't, you know, challenge this and this and this and follow our laws, you can have extra laws. That's fine. <laughs> we don't care about that. But you have to, you know, have to pay taxes, have to do this and this, this. Uh, Rome was actually, that was one of the big things that uh, goes to explain why Rome kind of exploded the way it did as far as the population. They also didn't hesitate to just steamroll things. Um, and there's the whole think- naval naval superiority there was a julie likes to listen to the moth podcast i don't know if you guys have ever listened to it it's Mm -hmm. generally um collections of stories about people's lives and they share it on the on the podcast it's actually quite fascinating in the episode that we listened to um there was this um uh islam uh the islam brother that was basically talking about his childhood and how it was very, his family was very, very um, devout and wanting to continue the traditions and everything like that. And he wasn't never, he was never forced into something else, but the peer pressure of the mm-hmm. public school area, because he was in Europe, the public school area actually pressured him into giving up a lot of his prayers and whatnot during the day. And mm-hmm. also just, I mean, n- the non-violence aspect of it. He ended up beating up a kid and that actually got him the popularity that he needed to continue through school. Now, granted, he went from that and then his parents sent him on to um, a school in Pakistan. Oh, okay. And he, he actually developed his his actual re- religious rigor through there. He was known as the youngest... I don't know what... I can't remember the actual term for it. The youngest um, person to be able to recite... The uh, holy the text, Im- imam. Yes, the okay. youngest imam. Um, I think that's I think in that's Europe. I think that... it was he. He actually achieved that at the age of eleven. Wow! Oh wow! And then, and wow. had that. Yeah. <laughs> then he had this the schooling and everything go on, and now he went to Pakistan. He finished his schooling as far as the religious text and everything, and he's opened up a new center in. Uh, in Europe, in the the northern part of Europe, in kind of the, I can't think, I don't think it was England, but in that area, essentially, mm-hmm. where it's not an assimilation, but it's the teaching and showing his culture as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah. there's ways to fight back, but it's not necessarily like the Roman style where there's forced implementation. Right. A lot of times peer pressure is enough. 
Well, and social, I mean, area. social, yeah, social pressure is, is a, it's a real thing. I mean, mm-hmm. um, like, uh, Screwball, yeah, uh, Gorath is saying the, the, uh, I think it's Maori, Maori and cultural mm-hmm. trouble. Uh, but Screwball is also saying there are a lot of tribal people that, while still existing in, from like gene, genealogy or DNA terms, are quickly losing their unique traditions. Uh, uh Screwball is saying that his wife, uh, his wife's Native American tribe is running out of people who can fluently speak their native tongue. Um, mm-hmm. So again, you know, j- because like that's one of the things that in the United States is like you know, uh, I think it's an eighth Native American to be considered part of the tribe uh, from the air quote federal sense. Yeah, that um, sounds about right. From e- the I think I think it was. Sense. I, I, well, I mean, it's also just because you can be recognized as part of the tribe, technically, I think, which then ties into, I'm sure, other stuff. I think it's an eighth. Um, but there's like there's a lot of people who have that, but they don't... There's a, there's a disconnect because they are, by blood, technically Native American or connected to the Native American tribes, but there's no cultural connection. And there's... And that's, you know... a a sore subject obviously for a lot of a lot of different people who are culturally you know connected to those different tribes um i i also find that aspect of history you know again very interesting from a social standpoint because talking about like the the not just the assimilation but the social response of different different aspects and different um uh, acceptance of different groups has just been really kind of interesting. It is indeed. It is indeed. Okay, I think we should wrap up top three this week. It was a lot more insightful than I thought it would be. I thought it was just going to be a, I like them because this. I like them because this. But I mean, there is that too. Good dis- right. I mean, we got into some good discussion though about all these different cultures and how they're interconnected, which is interesting because we were talking about how uh, worthy, I think your number two was the Romans, yep. and then the number ones for Blue and I was the Etruscans, but the Etruscans literally in some ways got not only defeated, but assimilated into the Romans as well. Yeah, that's, so it's that's like, a fascinating see... story too, is the, mm-hmm. the process of the Etruscans, because originally the Etruscans dominated the Romans. Right. Um, originally, the Etruscans were vastly superior to the Romans, and that was actually a sourced by, uh, a, 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 a point of contention uh, with the Roman uh, thing. And then the Romans were actually able to basically pull a fast one over the Etruscans because one of their kings was an idiot, um, and they they basically took everything like it's it's a really it's actually a really cool uh story that um i saw in chat i think pens was mentioning it dan carlin uh hardcore history has an entire uh i think it's a total i think it's like 12 or 14 hours uh a mini a series on the roman republic and it's seriously one of the best explanations of that that particular culture's Evolution. He also did one on the Celts, which was fascinating. Um, so those those two, if you if you are interested in in like that era, I would definitely recommend going back and trying and finding. I think I might have I might have the Roman Republic archive somewhere, but the Celt yeah the Celtic Holocaust was it was also a really interesting one from him, and his his uh, podcast really focuses on like 
the nitty gritty like unfiltered <laughs> components he did one on uh genghis khan which is still one of my favorite ones because genghis khan is another one that's just is like the actual story is fascinatingly disturbing as to what that individual actually managed to do um but if yeah if you if you have any interest in like that type of stuff i would definitely recommend uh, i think it's hardcore history i think he has another one that he just started like this last year or so but um but it's definitely worth definitely worth checking out it is for sure all right so thank you guys for joining us this week for our top three next week we are diving into something totally different although i do think blue picked it again so you never know i don't know if i picked oh, this one no nope, i think you this picked one, this I, one i, th- I think, I you think picked i picked this one, this, one. this one's going to be interesting too this may reveal some psychological issues with all of the host anyway <laughs> until next time remember Everybody loves a list.